welcome to the Backpacking Podcast with myself, John Kelly, and Jeremiah Stringer, dressed in his wonderful elf hoodie. Hey, man. It's the holidays. It's the season, bro. It is the season. Yeah. It's December. I know, man. Can you believe it's it's already here? Like, Christmas is weeks away. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, if you're listening to this right now or watching online, it uh-huh. is the second week of December. Yeah, something like that. That's crazy, man. Yeah, and the great thing about December is I'm off on break, right? So being a teacher, one of the biggest perks is all these breaks that you get. One of the biggest, I mean, the biggest perk is how many lives you get to touch. Is that what that is? Yes. I mean, you just, you're making such a difference. But another almost equal perk (laughs) is working. all the lives we get to touch. (laughs) It's all the, uh... It's 185 days, I think, is what the contract's for. That's how many days you work. So compared to a regular job, I mean... Is that... That's barely over half a year. Well, I mean, let me calculate it, all right? So the average person works, what, 48 weeks a year? You get two weeks vacation, probably a couple weeks worth of holidays and stuff. Sure. So five times 48, average person's working about 240 days a year. Not me, man. I'm backpacking. 55. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 55 less days. Well, that's what? That's that's 11 weeks. Yeah, so I get the summer and then Christmas break yeah. and all that stuff, obviously. So fall break is always good because you get that peak foliage. But here's know? the thing, man. Your your channel on YouTube is like, what, like 25,000 subs at this point? Something like that, yeah. You know, you're probably getting close to that area of the potentiality. You like that word, potentiality? <laughs> Fancy. Of, of going full-time with the YouTubes, which means you have... 365 days a year to go backpacking. Yeah, but don't you feel like you could work even more on YouTube than your average? I mean, how many days a week do you work on YouTube? I have one specific day, Uh but I spend the entire day working on it. Okay. Yeah, I split mine up, and it's probably five or six days a week, but it could be anywhere from four to six hours one day, maybe a couple of different. Right. Maybe it's just answering comments one day. But if it's a full-time job. Yeah. What you could do is do it all in one day, 24 hours. Boom, I'm just going to work the whole 24 hours. 12 cups of coffee, 24 hours. Boom, boom, boom. Your own personal pot of coffee just sitting right there in front of you. three of them. Drinking straight out of the pot, not even getting a cup. You got to get some of those duck lips or what, like, you know (laughs) know what I'm talking about? The orange ones you stick under your backpack. Get you a big straw. (laughs) You just hold a pot of coffee with a big straw sticking out of it. Yeah, you could do like a... Take you a gallon of milk, make you some ice coffee, just stick the coffee maker under the or oh, the coffee I pot like under that. the ice maker. I like that. Pour in half a gallon of milk, stick your straw in there. Latte, man. Yeah, Latte. man. That's good stuff. Here's the thing, like okay, so do you like energy drinks? I don't know, man. I have an energy drink I like. And you know, I don't I don't usually like energy drinks. Like I'm not a big Red Bull fan. I don't I'm not get, I don't get into monsters. I found the Mountain Dew Rise energy drinks. Uh-huh. Dude, they are so good. So it's like it's like carbonated juice is what it tastes like. That's probably what it is. It, it's carbonated so juice. good, man. Three hundred milligrams of caffeine, a little it, carbonated it's, juice. It's it's got enough caffeine for two cups of coffee. That's so what it, that's what like one hundred and fifty or so milligrams. I don't know. It makes me stay awake. Um, yeah, but it, it's got it's got caffeine in it, but it's like it's only like four or five grams of carbs. Yeah. That's heaven for me, dude. That's keto friendly. That is keto friendly. 
Did, did I tell you about me stopping drinking soda? Yes, you did. Then? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give the people the short of it if you haven't heard it. When I was playing high school football, I quit drinking soda, and that was in 2010. So since then, I haven't, like, opened up a Coca-Cola and drank it or anything. You know, not even, like, adult beverage. Wait a second. You don't drink it, L.A.? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, on an airplane, sometimes I'll get a ginger ale. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is about ginger ale, and it could be just placebo. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like drink Sprite when you're sick, which I don't drink Sprite, but it's kind of one of those things. Well, you know, it's ginger like, is is good for upset stomachs. I know, but as a soda, I'm not so sure. It just depends. It depends on the soda because so it I, matters if it actually has ginger in the soda. Yeah, there's only like a couple that actually have ginger in them. The rest of them are ginger flavored. Yeah, I, that's probably what I've drank. But, like, if I fly, a lot of times, you know, the flight leaves at 8, so you probably got up at 5 or something, right, maybe right. even earlier to drive and park and fly and all that stuff. And I'll have one of those whenever I'm on the flight or something. And then the L8s. L8, Kentucky Swamp Water, made in Winchester, Kentucky. Yeah, for those people who don't know, L8 is a, is a ginger ale-type soda. Um, with a little yeah. bit more citrusy flavors in it, mm-hmm. but uh, it is made in Winchester, Kentucky. It is it was created in the state of Kentucky, and for years you could only get it in the state of Kentucky. But thanks to Cracker Barrel, you now can have a, an Ale Eight in Los Angeles, California, and or in Houston, Texas. It doesn't matter; like they're everywhere now because of uh, Cracker Barrel. But I am going on record to say. They're overrated. Oh, L eight is overrated. L eight. Now listen, I I to say something here because you get on me all the time. I have a lot of pride for my stuff about Kentucky. I have a lot of pride for Kentucky, and I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. One of the greatest exports of the state of Kentucky is L eight. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, it man. is good. Oh. I think that the hop is too much. L eight, they're good at marketing. Uh, they actually, I think they have some of the worst marketing on the planet. Have you heard their their jingle? No, I haven't heard their. Jingle. It's terrible. Well, they're doing something right because it's a yeah. multi million dollar company. They make a phenomenal soft drink. No, that's what it is. I don't care how good their soft drink is; it's not going to be good enough for them to organically grow like they're growing. But they don't have good marketing. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. They have terrible marketing. I I know they reached out to me for marketing. They reached out to you because you're a Kentucky boy. I know. And then and you was, then you basically declined it because you don't like them. I it's not that man. I just can't. I can't partner with them if I'm not drinking L8. That's unethical. Man. If you're watching right now, I I'm that <laughs> Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir. I hope you're watching this. And he, I, agrees. he agrees. He with agrees with me. He agrees with me. I could call him right now and I could say, Hey, man, what do you think about L8? He'd be like. Mm, don't really care for it. I can't even believe you guys call yourselves Kentuckians. I'm going to text am, him. I'm just embarrassed for you. I'm going to text him. This is and terrible. I, I was hoping we'll we were going to talk says. about backpacking stuff, but we might not even get to it at this point. We may just have to talk about the fact that you guys aren't really from Kentucky. Hey, Jason. Period. Do you like L8? Question mark. He literally just talked into his phone on camera. For those who are listening to the podcast, he literally is texting him as we're sitting here. 
So uh, I'll give you the play-by-play. He's looking at his phone and smiling. <laughs> I just sent it. We'll see what he says, man, because I guarantee you Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir is going to say, ah, it's, it's okay. I don't really love it. Like if you gave him a choice between an L8 and I don't know, what's what's a different soda you think you might like? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I, I bet he would pick Coca-Cola nine out of ten times. Probably Maybe not Coca-Cola. I don't know if he likes Coca-Cola, but you know what I'm saying. <sighs> You don't think it? You think it's that good? Yeah. Okay. It comes in a glass bottle. Yeah. Which they recycle or or cans or cans or plastic yeah. bottles. I haven't seen it. In plastic. Yeah, twenty ounce plastic bottles, twenty four ounce, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I they have them out at the gorge. They sell them at the gorge all the time. Oh, usually at Miguel's. Well, at Miguel's you can get cans of the diet. You can get bottles of the regular. Yeah, but they're glass bottles. Right. So that's where a majority of my experiences come with the L eight. It's like one of those things where, you know, if you live somewhere, you never go to, like, check out the really cool thing that all the other people come to see. You know what I'm saying? You mean like the Red River Gorge? No. Go there? No, I'm talking about, like, you could live in New York City, <laughs> right? And right, there's some right. super cool thing that all kinds of people from all over come and check out. I don't know. Maybe like Times Square. Did you just get a text? And, yeah. Mr. Backpacking Jason, sir, says, oh. What's it say there, John? Nope, I think it's so nasty. I'm disgusted right now. <laughs> and then he asked if I could take a call. I'll tell him I can't take it yet. <laughs> and tell him he he could take it, but it has to be on speaker, and we all have to be able to talk. Because <laughs> right, we're live on a podcast right now, people. Actually, we're not live. We're recording this. We're previously recording this. So uh, we're semi live. I mean, I'm live in person right now. You're live right now. Um, I'm really disappointed, man. This is like. This is sad for me. Did I just burst your bubble on the whole yeah. how great Kentucky is? Kentucky still I wonder, has a lot can, of great Can things. we make that go Bluetooth with this thing? I don't know. Maybe. He might not want to talk on air. Of course he wants to talk on air. You, you want me to click on yeah, it? It's now discoverable. The pod, the, the pod thing is now discoverable. So We'll see. We'll see. Rodecaster right Pro. There. Click on that. Let's see if we can uh, connect Mr. Backpacking with Jason Sir on this and chat with him a little bit. We'll see. We'll see his, his true take. He may not want to say, though. Oh, he said, tell John I said hi. <laughs> I say, I say well, if you can get this connected, we call him ourselves. I can try it, man. And we just let him know, hey, just so you know, you're on the podcast right now. Are you have one of those connector things with the iPhone? Uh, Not on me, no. He said, give me a holler later today. I don't think it's going to connect. What's wrong with your phone, man? Sorry, dude. I don't know what it is with iPhone, but like even I, I have these AirPods all the time. Yeah. Right? And I love them for backpacking. I don't even know what I've done with them. But I love them for backpacking and taking phone calls because it's hand-free. It's hands-free. Yeah. And if you... Well, I better not say that. So basically I, what you're saying I, is you love something made in Cupertino, California via China more than you like L8. Made in Winchester, Kentucky. Yeah, but I'm, they both have issues, right? The Bluetooth on this does not make any sense, man. It disconnects my AirPods all the time. These are first world problems. Yeah, this is really like important stuff. Like we haven't even talked about what we're supposed to be on here talking about right now. You realize <laughs> oh, well. that we should probably do that at some point, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe I don't know how deep are we into this podcast. Uh, we are already eleven. We're, over- we're twelve minutes almost into this thing. <laughs> So I guess so. I don't you think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna connect. So we'll just go ahead and turn that off and not worry about it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about you. You brought up a topic 
uh, or I brought up a topic to you of of new pieces of gear uh-huh. that we started using this last year. Yeah, but we weren't expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah. And so I kind of want to talk about those pieces of gear because that's kind of the stuff people are looking for. You know, they're you're always out looking for what's that next great whatever. Yeah. You know, whether it's a tent or a sleeping bag or quilt or it's a hammock or it's a backpack or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's looking for that thing that nobody expected. You know, like the Aegis Max sleeping bag a few years ago. Yeah. $80 weighs like 12 ounces. It's literally this big when you when you knock it down, you know, when you compress it. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about pieces of gear that we got this year. Uh-huh. That kind of surprised us. And uh we're a little bit better than we thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Do you you wanna start? Yeah, I'll start. I will actually. All right. Um I, I've been using alcohol stoves for about a year. Actually actually last year you and I did a video on my channel uh-huh. where we talked about stoves and you were a canister stove guy and I was an alcohol stove guy and I still am yeah and we we talked about that and I still love alcohol stoves I think they're fantastic they're stupid quiet I mean you don't hear anything you hear you hear a when it starts yeah. and that's it dead silent dead silent and uh you can you can see how much fluid you're using all that stuff right uh, and you can also knock them over and spill alcohol but that's on not what we're talking about right now that's yeah. not what we're talking about that's right now. true that's so, true. so um but when I went to when I switched diets up this year and I moved to keto, uh-huh. to eat keto on trail is very difficult. Yeah, what kind of stuff do you have to eat while you're on trail? Well, you can't eat most of your dehydrated meals or yeah. freeze dried meals because they're full of carbs. Yeah, it's all carbs. I mean, you're talking rice and noodles, and it's just stuff I can't eat. You know, yeah. so um, I found that Packet Gourmet. And uh, what was the other company? There's another company. I can see the package right there. But uh, they make meals that are very keto-friendly, or they are just straight-up keto meals. And so um, I found that the breakfast diner eggs and sausage from Packet Gourmet Mm -hmm. are awesome, but they're a little labor-intensive. And so you have to cook them. In an actual skillet. Like you you boil water, pour the water in, let it sit for a few minutes, and then you cook them like regular eggs in a skillet. Uh-huh. And then when you and they're really good. Like So you have to take a skillet with you? Yeah. Which I, I don't mind doing that. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's one of those items I'm cool with. But you take a skillet with you and you cook it with a skillet. Well, now you're taking a stove and you're boiling water for a cup of coffee, boiling some water to cook the eggs, and then cooking again to cook the eggs in a skillet. So you're using more fuel. Yeah. And I found that doing alcohol that way was not really efficient because it was just, I had to take a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. on these trips to be able to do that. So I went back to canister stove for a little while and I just, I hate the noise. Can I interject? Yes. You remember the trip that uh, we were on, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, and Josh? Yes. And we stayed uh, around Allen Ford? Yeah. Yeah, and I took an alcohol stove on that trip. Yeah. And then I tried to cook eggs over it. Not easy. It didn't work for me, man. It was not good. It was so I had kind of had to hold it up above the flame because alcohol stove, you know, it's burning the alcohol off, creating the flame. And so I couldn't just sit the eggs, the skillet down on top of it. And it's a little backpacking skillet, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man, the canister stove. Yeah, it was... If I was just doing regular backpacking meals or just boiling water, yeah, alcohol's great. But I was actually having to cook 
Yeah. And so I, I went back to canister stoves and uh, start, that was in May when I started going back. And I just, I don't like how loud they are, mm-hmm. especially when it's a morning and I'm enjoying this beautiful day. And like, <sighs> yeah. And then that noise starts and then that noise starts and you're just like, okay, this, this just killed the moment. Well, I bought a stove from Backpacking Gear Flea Market on Facebook. And if you are a backpacker and you've never gotten on there and checked it out, you should because there are some stuff you can find on there that's killer deals. Yeah, There's some people on there who think they can get full price for something they've been using for the past five years too. But you just have to like scroll past those people. But uh, So I found this stove. It's the Optimus Crux stove. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's really cool. Like often on multiple levels, it's really cool. Uh, how much does run you retail? Uh, I think I bought it for like thirty five on there. Yeah, but, but it's because I bought it on there. But I think it's like fifty bucks. Okay, normal normal price. Yeah, it, it's good stove price. Yeah, it's not it's not exorbitantly expensive, but it's not super cheap either. Yeah, and it probably weighs about three ounces, so it's about the same weight as like a Pocket Rocket Deluxe or something like that. Um, but it's got a huge burner on top, mm-hmm. huge burner on top. Uh, the arms are really steady. But it folds. So, like, when you when you pack it up, you, there's a little sleeve. You pull the sleeve down, and it folds, so it lays flat. You know how a lot of times stoves are just awkward? Yeah. Because you got this big ball on top and then the stem. Uh-huh. Well, this one, the, the stove on top actually folds down flat, which is really cool. And huh. it's got a little uh, case that you can put on the bottom of your canister, and it holds it right up against the bottom of the canister. So huh. it's really nice when you pack it away. So that already... Big plus, right? How do you what the brand is Crux? It's Crux, yeah. How do you spell that? Well, the brand is Optimus. Oh, okay. Like Optimus Prime from yeah. Transformers, which you know that has a lot to do with backpacking. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, but Optimus, it's uh, the Optimus Crux stove. It's been around for years, apparently. K R U X C R U X C R U X. And and then I so so I the first time I took it out, I was out at the Red River Gorge. I was on an overnight by myself, uh-huh. and uh, got up. It was that it was at night. I was getting ready to start eating, and the sun was starting to set. And uh, it was just one of those nights where the sun was just looking. It was just awesome. I got this view. I was on this. Uh, oh, you've been at this campsite before. It's on the opposite side of Oxier Ridge. Okay. And so you, you go up to the spot, and you're basically on a cliff, mm-hmm. and you're just overlooking this valley and and the hills on the other side. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm like, I'm gonna turn on the stove, and I'm like. I'm not looking forward to hearing the noise, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a jet. It almost made no noise. Hmm. Like, blew my mind. What do you think that is? You think it's like the the pressure the gas is released at or it the regulator be, it could in be, it? Or? it I, I don't know, but I noticed, like, it's got a really big burner uh-huh. on the top. That was one of the things. Maybe that has something to play with it. Um, I don't know, but... It does make a little noise, but it's not it's not frustratingly loud or obnoxious like the average canister stove. And it's really uh you can really dial it in. So you can you can play with the temperature really well on it. And uh it boils fast. If you crank it up, it does make some noise. There's a little bit of a hiss to it, but it's not it's nothing like these other stoves, man. And so uh started using that and now I'm like a believer. It's it's an awesome stove. Do you, does it have the regulator so if you're at higher altitudes, it's not going to be an issue on uh, cooking with it? So I know that some stoves, you can't really, I guess, manage the amount of fuel that should be coming out to compensate 
what altitude that you're at because of the pressure, air pressure, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I just see I that's never been an issue for me because I'm never backpacking. Like it's so rare that I'm backpacking ten thousand, eleven thousand feet. Right. That's never been an issue for me. But where we have the YouTube channels, it the people that watch are from all over the world. Yeah. So they face some different issues than what I do. And what I you also do. say we've got listeners in Denmark. And Holland and Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, it's all different terrains yeah. and different elevations. So when they're listening, the stove may not work for them. I don't know. I just know that in using this stove, mm-hmm. like I'm back to doing canisters without like unapologetically using a canister now because one of the big reasons for not wanting to use a canister was the noise. Yeah. And now it's not even an issue for me. Like I can use the canister, don't have the noise. And I'll be honest, canisters are easier. Oh, yeah. They're a whole lot they're easier. faster. Yeah. They're, they're just a whole lot easier to use. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol's nice for multiple reasons. They can't, I mean, the stoves weigh nothing. Like, if you get a good, like, I've got one that's made out of, a, I think, a beer can that I bought mm-hmm. from somebody. and Weighs less than a BRS stove. Yeah, like half, if not less yeah. than that. I and mean, it's. BRS is like 27 grams or something. Right. Mm. But but the stove's awesome. I mean, it's three ounces. It's not super heavy or anything like that. It's not the BRS. But, I mean, it gets the job done and does it really well. It's easy to store away. Um, it's a good experience. I was not expecting it to be that way. I just got it because, you know, like having a YouTube channel, we try new gear. We try different gear out just so that we have a good idea of what's out there mm-hmm. so we can make educated suggestions to people. We don't want to suggest stuff that we haven't used or haven't tried out and – uh I've used that on like five trips now, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a big fan, man. I mean, we'll see what it's like in a year from now after it's gone on several more trips, but, dude, it's nice. Let me give you one of mine. I want to hear you. Well, let's, let's hear one of yours. So one of the longtime supporters of this podcast is Warbonnet, and they had sent us uh, some different stuff to try out before we ever come to an agreement on them sponsoring. And uh, one thing that I really fell in love with was their um, Thunderfly 12-foot-long tarp. That's a great tarp. Yeah, or I think they sent us multiple different lengths, so I may have the 13. I can't remember which one I ordered. Well, it's if it's your just, hammock, it's probably the 13. Probably 13, but they may do a 11, 12, and 13. I can't remember. I think it was an 11 and a 13. Yeah, so so I went with the I long could be one. Wrong. I could be wrong on that. Uh, all I know is I have a 12-foot hammock, and it fits under it. So whatever size it is... But I have taken that literally on every hammocking trip that I've went on since we got those. And I that was remember, last December. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Because I, I used it before you did. Yeah. Because I used it. We met up at the Red River Gorge. That's where we met up with, uh, was that was that Jason Wish? I don't know, but I think they also might have sent multiple. They did. So you may have used, could have been the same one. you used the tent that night. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if we had two that were 13 foot, there would be both of us could be able to use different yeah. ones. Well, I just used it the one time and gave it back to you. Because okay. if you remember, we showed up on the trailhead. Yeah. And I didn't bring a tarp because I knew you were bringing those. Yeah. And I'd never used it before. Yeah, that's and it, right. And it was like, it was one of those moments of, this is what I would advise nobody to ever do, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, just show up with unused gear. Yeah. Be like, man, hope all the pieces are there. Hope yeah, I can a, set this up. Yeah, it's that thing of, of I hope I brought <laughs> enough stakes and guy lines. And uh, this, yeah. is, this will be interesting. Let's see what happens. So I 
I turned around and bought one of the Thunderflies because I liked it so much and have used it every hammock trip. Even like, so uh, Miyagi, who is the person that made the Pride of Kentucky, my hammock. Yes. He made um, a tarp that I sent him the specs for and we worked together and blah, blah, blah. And last time I saw him, I hadn't used that tarp that he had made because I've been using a Thunderfly. So I, I gave him his tarp back that he had made, which was massive. I don't know if you remember that big navy blue that one That was I a 13 foot tarp. It had doors on it. Super wide, too. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was a palace, man. Yes, it's huge. But uh, I gave it back to him because I used the Thunderfly. So that has um, what I would call partial doors. And it's made in a way so that if you have um, the bridge hammock, that War Bonnet makes, the, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Ridge Runner? Yeah, the Ridge Runner. If you have the Ridge Runner, you can pair it with the Thunderfly because it has the partial doors that kind of come out at a, a wider angle. Because normally when you're hammock camping and you're using a tarp, the doors, if it has doors, you're they're, they're coming together at a pretty steep angle. Right. But this is spread out a little bit to account for the width of a bridge hammock because it's wider yeah, and it's hanging. I kept it hanging a little hotter, uh, a little higher than a gathered in hammock, yeah. but it's got well, like, they don't, they don't sag in the middle because of the way they're made. Right. It's like a cot. It's, I, it's, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a hanging cot. Yeah. And it's I like that to too. But when I'm using my, um, my Pride of Kentucky gathered in hammock, always taking the Thunderfly with me, the partial doors. I don't know how proud of you are of Kentucky, though, if you don't like LA. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying, man. I'm still, I'm still trying to get over that. Like my, I'm like bluegrass, <sighs> bourbon, bluegrass music, horse racing, LA. Well, I don't know if I put LA up there. With you did it. have a hot brown for lunch today, though. I did. My first one ever. Yeah. How'd you like it? It's very cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of cheese, man. It was, man. It's a lot of cheese. Yeah. That's okay, too. Anyway, back to the Thunderfly. So, um, if you're caught out in the weather, right. you have those doors. And I got to tell you, dude, Jason and I took this trip to Cranberry Wilderness, which we weren't supposed to take. Oh, is this the rain trip? What we were supposed to do was a section on the uh, Appalachian Trail. And then that guy, that had to get moved. The bear activity or something? Bear activity yeah. completely shut down, like, multiple shelters and campsites that we are going to stay at along the, like, whole weekend trip. So we called an audible at 10 p.m. the night before that we were supposed to leave and then went to Cranberry Wilderness. And when I say rain for four straight days, I'm not joking, man. I've been there, man. It's not fun. And guess what tarp I had the whole time? The Thunderfly. Never had a problem. Not one single problem. And I had an underquilt protector. And if you're not it's, using an underquilt protector and it's raining, that thing is so clutch. Oh, even in snow. Yeah. Or you just know, a little it, extra warmth. Yeah. It's, it, it really is nice. It's I, like putting on a rain jacket when you're wearing a puffy is what a, I would say. That was say. our Christmas present from Jason last year. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a really nice Christmas present. Oh, that was a good Christmas present. That was and an I, awesome Christmas present. So... I paired that with the Thunderfly and never had to worry the whole time about getting wet. At one point, it rained all day, and we're like, let's just stop here. We set up, and, I mean, it was probably 2 p.m., and I took a great nap, dry, warm the whole time. Woke up, and Jason, <laughs> it was about, it's starting to get dark probably at that point. I was just yeah. waking up. He's like, man, I went, had a great poop, checked out the waterfall, 
uh, cooked some dinner, had a little fire, and then... Uh, and you slept the whole time. Slept the whole time, man. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. It's just so comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's rainy. You can crawl into your hammock. Well, I know that thing is engineered really well. Yeah, they like, know what they're doing at Warmont. It's it's one of those things when you look at it, like, how's that going to protect you from anything? Yeah, and they didn't sponsor this episode. They are a longtime supporter of the the podcast, but I really like the tarp. Yeah, well, speaking of our sponsor, we should probably talk about our sponsor for today. Yeah. And that's Outdoor Beards. We are yeah. huge fans of Outdoor Beards. Been using their products for over a year now. Uh, actually, I got a buddy who who is growing a beard for the first time in a long time, Mm -hmm. and he calls me up. This is no joke. I'm not saying this because it's a sponsored ad. This literally just happened two days ago. Uh He calls me up and goes, I need your expertise. I'm like, my expertise on what? He goes, beard balm or beard oil? And I went, went, Adam, that's his name, Adam. Uh I said, what if I told you it's both? And so we talked about how to use beard balms, beard oils, and all that. And we get done. I said, where are you going to get it from? And he goes, I'm probably just going to go to Walmart and get something, blah, blah, blah. I went, okay, listen. Hold up. If you need it right now, that's fine, but you need to go check out Outdoor Beards. Yeah. And he asked me why. I said, dude, it just smells good, and it works well. Like, uh, I've never – there's very few companies that come up with something that the aesthetic and the actual use of the product match so well. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Outdoor Beards balms and oils have been fantastic. I've been using them for a year now. Love it. I don't have a coarse, nasty beard that feels gross. Yeah. And uh, it get. I don't have the tangles and all the nasty stuff going on with that. Um, I know you use it as well. But the big thing is your wife will like it. Yes. Your girlfriend will like it. My wife, like, she, loves the, she loves the coffee. Oh, that's and the one my, that's the, the wife likes. The uh, tobacco, I think. Uh, yeah, you told me about that. Like something like it, it's nostalgic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, I don't know what it is. But well, it, it smells like your grandpa's pipe. Yeah, but the the chocolate coffee. I mean, that's, oh, it's yeah. called the morning brew. Is I think what the name yeah. of the actual scent is. But yeah, man, like my wife loves that. So here's the thing with the outdoor beards. We are backpackers, and we carry our beards on trail. They don't and stay so, at home. No, they're coming with you. So if you want to take care of them on trail, like their oils come in a. I wouldn't call it like child proof, but it is like dummy proof, you know. It's not going to leak on you. It's not going to leak and it's in a plastic. I bought many beard oils in my life and they all seem to come in glass bottles with a dropper. Yes. I don't know why, but these they have a dropper but it's not a dropper like you would give somebody medicine with. You squeeze it into your hand. Yes, from the plastic bottle. Instead of glass. You don't want glass on trail with you in that bottle and no. you don't want something that leaks. And then also Beard balm, I like to use it um, more of a hold, like not not just a treat, but oil is great. I love it whenever I first get out of the shower, but the balm, like if I wake up and I showered the night before and, you know, you, you wake up and it's like you got a uh, bed, but for your face. So you can use balm, but on the trail, if you want to use balm, they have the little travel size. You know, it's, it's a little bit bigger than a quarter in um, circumference. Extremely handy. Yes. Small, if you imagine... Sort of like, um, you know, the lip balm that comes in the little containers yeah. that you unscrew? And it's yeah. like that, but Carmex. for beard balm. It's kind of yeah. like Carmex. Yes, so you don't have to carry the whole container with you. Yeah, just don't put this stuff on your lips. Yeah, it takes all the, the thought out of 
how to, yeah, don't put it on your don't lips. Don't put that on your lips. <laughs> takes all the thought of how do I still maintain good hygiene on trail for my my face and my beard. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. And their their soap is incredible too. I know like we both talked about this in the past and other episodes. Yeah. I use the soap all the time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So thank you to Outdoor Beards for sponsoring this episode. As always, they've been our first, they were our first ever sponsor. Mm-hmm. And that relationship continues and we're always thankful for Everybody there. Yeah, my beard, I don't know if y'all are watching on the YouTube channel, but if you're not, go to the Backpack Podcast on YouTube and check out this beard that is uh, in full swing right in time for the holidays. Yeah, we had a talk on our last episode, man. My barber destroyed my beard. It was very disappointing because it was starting to get length again. starting to look good. I think you look great, man. It's not where it needs to be. You keep working. It's, I'm, I'm going to keep trying, Dad. You get there one day, kid. I'm, I'm going to keep trying, Dad. We'll get there. So let me tell you about another piece of gear that I started using this year. I never right. used before that I really like now. Yeah, what'd you use? Fanny packs. Oh, yeah. I made fun of those things relentlessly. Ever since the 90s, and they went out of style. Dude, I made fun of them when making... they were in style in the 90s, okay? <laughs> so I, I've always like thought they were hilarious. Why would anybody use a fanny pack? I don't know. And then we got our chicken tramper packs this year. Uh-huh. And I think we talked about it in the last episode, you mm-hmm. know, just how much we like the chicken trapper packs. But uh, it came with the fanny packs. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. That is the most handy, useful thing going backpacking. Oh, yeah. I, being able to put your – let's just shoot straight. Side pockets are ridiculous to try and zip and unzip. So on most backpacks, they are like – Almost too much of a battle to fight. It's not even fun. It's just no. like you're constantly you're having to fight with it to get it zipped and unzipped. Now, but hope- the fanny pack being on the front, and yeah. I'm not just talking about the chicken tramper one. I've got one from out uh, from uh, hilltop packs too. Yeah, and I was going to mention outdoor vitals though. Their hip belt pockets, I think they nailed it. But most of the other backpacks, oh, you don't think so? I don't think anybody's nailed that. I think that I mean they're better out of all the. I guess here's the way that I should say it. There is like a detrimental flaw to hip belt pockets on hip belts. It's like it's like almost no matter how you sew it, the tension that you're putting on the hip belt stretches the pockets in such a way that the zipper is just so resistant to open and close, and it's kind of in a weird spot because you're reaching yeah. around. You know, it's like you're half trying to get your water bottle. You can't really reach from if the other side. If there was side. a way to position hip belt pockets here yeah, as opposed to here, Mm-hmm. They'd be way more useful. So I'm not going. I guess I'll retract my statement that they nailed it because I don't know if it is nailable. I don't think it is. But I will say, out of all the hip belt pockets that I've used, the Outdoor Vitals um, on their Shadowlight backpack, those have been one of my favorites so far because they're so deep and they're sewn in a, a slightly different way. I think and the where the zipper is located but the fanny pack yeah. though but let me tell you about the fanny pack it's like it, a kangaroo it's awesome man like to be able to like because you always carry snacks with you especially if you're doing miles mm-hmm. like if you're doing a, if you're doing a trip where you're doing miles um i know we did like uh one of the days when we were doing uh pictured rocks we did 13 miles mm-hmm. man to have your snacks right here yeah and it's it's just there and you, you can get to them super easy. You just unzip it. If you're using the Hilltop Packs when it's a roll top, mm-hmm. that one is awesome for inclement weather. Like, I think the function of the Chicken Tramper one is my favorite. Yeah. I love the zipper on the front. It's really easy to use. It doesn't take a lot of work to get in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Hilltop Packs, you've got to roll it up and roll it back down, so it's mm-hmm. a little more work to use. But in inclement weather, it's made out of Dyneema, dude. Things waterproof. Yeah, the other, the chicken tramper's got a water-resistant zipper. 
Yeah, and and, it's, and with light rain, probably gonna be fine. And it's I don't, I don't it's not taped on the inside, so it's not really made to be waterproof. It's mm-hmm. made to be highly water resistant. Yeah, and it is. It, I mean, I've I've used it in rain, and my stuff stayed dry. So I mean, I just actually I used it a few weeks ago in rain, and mm-hmm. I had a gimbal and my cell phone in my in my pocket in my uh, fanny pack. Both were completely dry at the end of the day. Yeah. So I mean, it it does keep things dry, but if it's if you know you're going to be in some serious rain, mm-hmm. uh, the Hilltop Packs one is great. So I've I've tried different kinds of of uh, fanny packs, and what I've decided is, man, I think I'm a go to with fanny packs on every trip at this point. Like, I didn't think I would even like it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because I remember talking to the guys from from uh, Chicken Tramper, and I was just like, I, guys, I don't know about this fanny pack stuff. Yeah. I think it was just my toxic masculinity coming through. Could but, be, uh, man. It, it, you know, I'm just saying. I got a little. Saying. I have a little add-on for the fanny. Oh, by the way, so um, in Kentucky now, it is cold. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, it's the day that we're colder. recording this. Like the high is 52. Yeah, so it's pretty warm today for winter, but yeah. some days. I mean, the high is like in the mid thirties. Those are cold days, and if you're backpacking and it's going to stay in the thirties literally the whole day. For mm-hmm. all of our friends from the north who are I'm laughing sorry. right now, I know. Uh, our, Rob Pelton said, "Some days it doesn't get above negative uh, ten with the wind chill I was of negative thirty-five. When I lived in Wisconsin, I remember the 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 last summer, the last winter I was there. We had ten straight days where it never got above zero. Yeah. So, relatively speaking, so yes, for me. If it's going to be in the 30s all day and I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be bundled up, man. That is so cold. Well, and you lost 100 pounds of fat. Yeah. So you lost all your insulation. It's all gone. Yeah. So here's my little add-on. And it was kind of the inspiration behind this product, but I have started using the Polar Jammer. Yeah. And all things outdoors, um, Jeremy, he has an Etsy shop. I guess we should probably we could probably put that in the script the description of this um this episode. Yeah. So if people want to check out the Etsy the Etsy shop that he sells these I on. did a whole video. Well, I, I did a video where I actually talked about the polar jammer in the video. Yeah, so if you don't know it's what the polar great. jammer is, it's basically a hand warmer. Yeah. I I I consider it like if you wanted to be the quarterback in backpacking this is what you would use as your hand warmer. It's what, it looks like what NFL quarterbacks have on their on the front of their pants. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. ultra light, ultra light, and you can use it for a thousand different things. Yeah, it's got a ton of different uses. Yeah. But what I did was, if you have a fanny pack, and mine is packed full, right? I'm stuffing that sucker full of anything I could find. Right, right. But if you have one that is small enough, you can literally stick your fanny pack in the uh, polar jammer. Or what I did was I took a couple of little carabiners, I mean the small plastic ones. Right. And I hooked that onto my fanny pack, and then anytime I was walking, not using my trekking poles, boom, hands instantly in there, warm. Even though it was cold all day, my hands stayed warm the whole time I was walking. And when I'm wearing, when I'm using trekking poles, I never run into the issue of my hands getting too cold. Yeah. Even in the rain. Yeah, because you're, you're moving. Yeah, yeah. You're using your hands, and they're rubbing on the trekking poles and stuff, but... Um, the Polar Jammer, that is definitely a product that I didn't know I would love because I don't do a, uh, I don't do a ton of winter backpacking just because the winter is kind of, 
I mean, it's not too deep. It's kind of short where we live. We're partially well, in the that, south. And it's more muddy in the wintertime down here than it is anything, and it's not fun yeah. backpacking in mud. Yeah, it's just cold and muddy. Yeah. So the Polar Jammer, pair that with the fanny pack. Or if you don't want to, you don't have to use a fanny pack. But that's the way I used it on this last trip. Well, yeah, the Polar Jammer is a good piece of gear, man. Mm-hmm. It's actually my pillow in my hammock. Yeah, because I actually use it as my pillow because it just sits in the crick of my neck, mm-hmm. so I can just lay nice and comfortable in my hammock. Because I, I don't know how about, about you in a hammock, I don't need a thick pillow. No, in a it hammock. puts you it kind of puts your spine out of line. I feel yeah, like I'm your head, you. and that sits right in the crick of my neck, uh-huh. and it's it keeps that area warm. I wear a beanie on my head, so I don't have to worry about getting cold. It actually covers up the neck part that the beanie doesn't cover, mm-hmm. and it because it's insulated. Yeah, it's literally all insulation. Yeah, so it's it's fantastic. Uh-huh. It's also great if you have a couple of them, like because they're so light; they're only a few ounces. Yeah, a water bottle holder in the wintertime to hang. Mm-hmm. Like Jason, uh, I was talking to Jason Wall, back Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, and uh, he was talking about how you could take it and hang it from your ridge line, and you could put a water bottle in it. Yeah, and that could be a water bottle koozie, so your water doesn't freeze overnight. Yeah, there's so many different uses, and. Um, Another thing, it's not just for backpacking either. Like, we went to a oh, U.K. football yeah. game, and it's cold and windy, you know. It's fall. It's the end of the football season. You know, you're heading into winter. It's great for, like, things like tailgating, too. Oh, yeah. So It's great for hunters. A lot. Yeah, hunters, If you're a too. hunter, you're sitting, in the, you're sitting in a blind. You're waiting for deer to come through. You just kind of keep your hands warm while you're waiting. Yeah, and you know? I, I mean, I won't stay on it too long, but that is that is an excellent piece of gear, and it's for a great cause. Yeah. Love like Jonathan. Yep. So, um, what was it? Uh, nine was it nine dollars of every sale, or was it six that was going to? Uh, it goes to the to the charity. Yeah. Yeah, and what they do is every year they buy turkeys, and they buy turkeys for families that can't get thanksgiving yeah, they're food. in need and uh they, i forget how many they did this year but jeremy from all things outdoors mm-hmm. who who created the polar jammer did a video on all the people that they fed yeah and it's just awesome it's awesome what they're doing but that wasn't my piece of gear i was just adding that in to uh to mention about well the, that's uh, a fantastic piece of gear there for this though that is but and i guess we'll call that our piece of gear because we both I mean, I would say that was a really cool piece of gear this year. I never saw it even coming. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, there was – that filled a need that I didn't know I had. Yeah, yeah. It It's like um, – It's like the fanny pack. Yeah. It, it's like great – I know Jeremy's doing this for altruistic reasons. Yeah. You know, I assume for the most part. Yeah. He's doing it for charity. But um, great companies – Find needs. Mm-hmm. And they fulfill those. Yeah. And even if it's a need that you didn't know you had. Yeah. Like, who knew that they needed an iPhone that does everything? Search, search the internet, let you watch videos, call people, text people, has a calculator, a flashlight. Listen to music. I mean, this thing does everything. And you didn't even know that you needed one device that done it all. Yeah. You thought you needed a Sony Walkman. Or a Sony Walkman, <laughs> or a CD player that you wore. Did you have one of those? Oh yeah, the portable, and then yeah. you got a little skip, a little skip to it, a little skip. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I remember when the iPhone came out. I had a PDA, and there's probably like a lot of you who are listening right now who are wondering what it's. It was a, it was basically a calendar. It was just a little 
handheld calendar. Uh-huh. And you'd put your events and stuff in it, keep notes on it, things like that. I had a cell phone, and I had an MP3 player. Uh-huh. Had all three. Well, in the span of a couple months, uh, my PDA quit working. My MP3 player was acting super weird, and my phone was an old Nokia flip phone that was like, on its last leg. Mm, I remember I remember thinking to myself, why can't this all be one item? And then the Apple keynote came out where they said, you don't need to have all these things when you can have the iPhone. And it just it changed everything. Revolutionary, man. So what piece of gear are you about to drop on us that changed everything? <laughs> My piece of gear, I don't know if it necessarily changed everything. I have, I definitely have two more that I want to mention. So I don't know how do I have time to talk about each of them. Maybe, yeah. Depends on how much you're going to talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one, one I'll just mention real quick. Okay? okay. And this one could be highly debatable because it weighs so much. It is my. I new already chair. know. I was going to say. I know it's the chair. <laughs> it's I know it's the chair. chair. So the the Helinox. I don't know if they changed the name or what. But some other people call this by a different name. On When I ordered it, I ordered it from backcountry.com, and on there it's called the Helinox Sunset Chair. It's still called that on REI, too. But I think that it might have had a different name, and Helinox may have changed it in the last year or two years or something. Okay. Because it may have been called something else, because multiple people have been like, never heard of that one. But then if they see it, they're like, yeah, that was called blah, blah, blah. Well, let's just get it out of the way right away. Tell everybody what it weighs. I, what is it? Three pounds and three three point two five pounds. Three three pounds four ounces, roughly. Yeah, roundabout. But think about how comfortable. We looked up the. I, we won't go too in depth here because there's some things. I, that I I'll talk I'll about bring later, it up. I'll say it right now. Helinox Chair Zero, uh-huh. eight inches off the ground. Helinox Chair One. 10 inches off the ground. Sunset chair, 14 inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. Average kitchen chair, 18, 18 inches. 18 yes. inches, yep. So, at 6 foot 3, 6 foot 2, whatever, I need like a 20-inch chair, man. Every Sometimes when we were house shopping, I would walk into a place, and I'd be like, I don't know what happened here. But this house was made for somebody that's like five three. Like what? Like if I have to bend over and touch my toes in order to wash my hands in the sink, the counter is too short. Maybe it's because I can't remember if it was this episode or the last one. It was the last episode we were talking about me being a Hobbit. Yeah, I immediately think of the Hobbit and total nerd moment here. But in the movie, the Hobbit, when Gandalf walks in, uh-huh. and he's having to bend over. So yeah. that he doesn't hit his head on everything. Is that what you yeah. felt like in I this I feel house? like I'm walking through hitting my head on chandeliers. Maybe that's your new trail name, Gandalf. No, there's too many Gandalfs. I feel Are like there? it's unoriginal. Anybody that carries a staff. What that... if we call you Red Gandalf? <laughs> Gandalf the Red. Oh, Gandalf, Gandalf the Red. red. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new trail name for Jeremiah Stringer. He is Gandalf the Red. I don't I don't know if that's going to stick or not. I like it, dude. That's funny. That's a good one. So, anyway, back to my chair. So, the chair's heavy, yes. Yeah. But when you're doing some trips that are shorter, like I'm not going to take a chair at all. If I'm flying solo and I'm doing 12 miles a day, it's a waste of time for me to have the chair. Right, right. Especially if I have the hammock, too. And if you happen to do another long trail, you're going to do 20, 25, 30 miles a day? I don't know about all that. but You're not picking the chair when you're doing that. No, if I'm doing 20 miles a day, 
then even if I'm doing probably 10 miles a day, unless it's only for a couple of days, I don't want to take a chair. Yeah. But a lot of the trips that I go on are five miles, eight miles. miles. Yeah. Could be even two miles if it's some sometime a year like this, and I'm just going out and setting up and hanging out with just buddies. Just want to camp out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to carry that three or four pounds all day, and this thing sits so high off the ground. And the, the bag that it zips up in, like the chair zero, it stuffs in this stuff sack. Or you can like buy a waterproof one. Right. This one zips and it also has a piece of Velcro. And there's a piece of Velcro where your head goes on the chair. So you stuff that, like you can stick the polar jammer in it, and then all of a sudden you have a pillow for your head or a neck rest. And it the I'm telling you, dude, it's so bougie, but it is so <laughs> <laughs> That might be the first use of the word bougie <laughs> on, on our podcast. on this podcast. <laughs> it is, but it's so worth it. So I would highly suggest, even though it's expensive and it weighs a lot, if you can swing it and you're doing some lower mileage trips, check out the Hillenox Sunset. I'm impressed. Okay, last item. Let's hear it. You said you had one more. Let's hear what it is. So my last item, and I'll throw in an honorable mention here just because I wrote it down. I recently got the Duplex L and looked up the dimensions. It is the exact same dimensions as the Duplex except longer. And it only adds like one more ounce. Takes it from like 19.6 ounces to 20.6 ounces. But what does that one ounce cost? The one ounce costs $50. That's not terrible. No. One ounce, $50. Now, I'm not going to argue about the price at all. Because oh, yeah. For, yeah. for people that are buying Dyneema, they know that I'm going to pay more. Yeah. And I'm going to get certain... Good and bad things out there. Right, right. So if you're seriously shopping for something that's costing between five hundred and a thousand dollars, and it's a piece of gear, then you're doing some research. Right. right. So you kind of know what you're getting. So I will throw in the Duplex L for honorable mention because it is long enough for me, and I enjoyed it on the last trip I took it on, and I'm going to continue to use it. Awesome. But in Gingy socks, I know that you love in Gingy socks, John. And I got to tell you, the ones with the toes are not the ones I'm talking about. Really? No. Take the toes. Take the, in Gingy, I like the toe ones too. But we need a bigger emphasis, not on the toe socks, on the non-toe socks. They're hiker. Let me tell you a little little story of what happened. I've got a pair of them. Yeah. So you know. I've got them. Although I do wear the toe liners with them. I don't do the toe liners with them. Unless it's really cold or I'm just hanging out around camp. Yeah. So what happened was, in Gingy, I partnered with them a long time ago, and they sent me a sample of different socks. Yeah. I had used their socks in the past anyway, but I became an affiliate with them, and they're like, here's a sample. And in the sample, I had never tried their non-toe socks. And what you're supposed to do is, like you said, wear the sock liners. Right. They're super thin, and they are toe socks. And you're supposed to wear the hiker socks. And they're like a normal hiking sock. Well, well, and you don't have mutant toes like I do. Arguable. We're, we're like, I have to have the toe socks or I'm going to blister. Like, it's not an option oh, for me. Oh, in between? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you don't have mutant toes. So no, you, I guess this not. Is, it's, yeah, you've got options. So, what happened was these socks got wet. And Bridget, I was like, Bridget, can you dry these around the fire? And she melted a pair. And I was <laughs> so sad. She felt so bad. The non-toed ones got melted? The non-toed ones okay. got melted. Okay. 
And she felt so bad, couldn't harp on her too much. I mean, she's already beating herself up. Right, right. But I bought a new pair. They are one of my go-to, and I hike a lot. They're one of my go-to hiking socks. The Njinji non-toe socks. I think that Njinji needs to invest half their company in the toe, half their company in the non-toe, because these are so good. They're right up there with the um, darn Darn tough. tough. They're right up there in the smart wall. Both, all three great companies, but uh, say the Njinji, th- that blew my mind, man. Really? I, think I would I would even say, for me, the non-toe socks were better than their toe socks just because sometimes it is so annoying putting them on and taking oh, them off. Oh, it's on. always annoying to put them on. I they're, don't deny that one bit. But they're the best while you're wearing them. Yeah. But taking them on and off, you're like, if I'm taking them off now, I'm not putting them back on. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to do this creek crossing. I guess my feet are getting wet. I'm not I'm not taking these socks on and off. You're right 100% on that, dude. Because once, uh, once you have them on, you don't want to take them off because you don't want to have to put them back on. Yeah. It's like putting on gloves, but it difficult. Is. It but is. it's worth it. It's worth it if you're going to wear them because if you have mutant feet. Which I do. Yeah. Or some people don't have mutant feet, but the Njinji socks work very well for them. Yeah. It keeps your toes from rubbing together. It definitely helps with blisters, no doubt about it. Yeah, but if you haven't so. checked out the Nanto. Yeah, they're great. Actually, they're really good socks. I yeah. agree with you 100% on that. That's some good gear, man. Yeah, you had some good gear too, That's man. some good gear. Sorry, We've, I had so many. I'm I really excited to do this next year because oh, yeah. we haven't even experienced what we're going to talk about next year. No, it's all in Think the future. Think about that. There's stuff coming that we're going to try and we're going to be blown away by. Unless you're somebody listening to this in 2023. It's, then it's already happened. You yeah. can go to the future and see it. That's amazing. And so with that, I think we'll sign off of here. So for myself <laughs> and Jeremiah, thank you for tuning into the Backpacking Podcast. We will catch you on the next go-round. Yeah. Adios, folks.